morning from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. Good morning, 7.31 a.m. The beautiful music that you are listening is coming to you from Charlie Colbrenner. Charlie, that was some outstanding stuff you got right there. Is that a little blues? What are you feeling over there? Yeah, it's a little blues. I haven't played piano for a while, but I'm not that. Uh, I mostly just play piano chords to accompany myself, but I've been trying to learn how to like play the blues so that I can riff a little bit and then... You can get real groovy with it. You know, you can really have fun. And that's the thing is you don't have to play a lot of notes. You sort of the where you don't play the notes speak is as loud as where you do play the notes. You know, you ever think about that? Wow. 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 I cannot think of a better way to get 731 AM started than with the vibes brought to you by Charlie Colburn. Charlie, that was fantastic. I know you're downplaying yeah, you, it, like, but that is really so fucking cool to me oh my god that is fantastic well 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 731 am listeners thank you for getting your day started with the 731 am podcast my name is bo templin i am the far less talented and far less interesting person on the podcast today than uh the other person that'll be joining me today to talk a little bit of nft and style action charlie colbrenner i mean my goodness what a start to the show i mean far less talented at playing piano but i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast me and bo played one-on-one in basketball one time and also i will say bo how tall are you i mean if on it's a, good a guy day. if it's a yeah, yeah yeah like if it's a if it's a girl ass i'll say like five nine right realistically you're probably five, more like five eight all right bo's five nine and i'm six foot five and i will just say that we played basketball and he this dude absolutely cooked me bo is nice <laughs> bo is nice so it's like listen i'm i'm a better piano player than bo but this dude is tough on the court there's no way around it yeah that was i can't you know people don't give a shit about your basketball ability unless you can play that was dope, Charlie. I, I love that. Very, very, very good work. Uh, 7.31 a.m. listeners, today is Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. Thank you for getting your day started with the 7.31 a.m. podcast. That was great work from Charlie Colbrand. As I said, my name is Bo Templin. We have stories in entertainment, sports, and over in NFT slash style, we'll be doing a little bit over there. Charlie Colbrand is going to help us out. We'll start today's show by saying uh, Princess Diana died on this day in 1997, RIP. But then also on this day, August 31st, 2009, the Walt Disney Company announced a deal to acquire Marvel Entertainment for $4 billion. The deal would go through later on in the year in 2009, but this is one of... Probably the biggest deals in the history of entertainment. As of 2019, you know, following 10 years since that deal went through, the Marvel Cinematic Universe had made 18 uh, billion dollars for Disney. Now, I would say it's safe to assume that it's about 20 billion since that merger uh, about 14, 13 years ago. Math can be pretty bad, but. It really can't be understated, can't be undersold how important Marvel has been to Disney. Um, y'all know I'm a, I'm a huge stand for the genre of superhero movies, and it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, now it's just crazy to think about that. Uh, the movies, I was trying to think, like, have any of the movies since 2019 made a crazy amount of money and No Way Home made almost $2 billion. And then when we looked even just like 
Doctor Strange made almost a billion dollars. Like there are so many movies that I kind of think of as movies that did not get even close to the Infinity War Endgame that era. Um, And they totally do. Those movies still clean up. Pretty ridiculous stuff. Uh, For members of the 1.37 p.m. family, Sean Millay's podcast, Please Clap, has aired, is live now with the Gallery Media Group. So subscribe, check it out, listen. He's got an episode with Young Gravy that is out. It is hilarious and certainly worth watching and or listening. Our first story today is going to be in entertainment. Entertainment. Ben Kingsley is reprising his role in the MCU as we wrap up uh, our conversation talking about how much money uh, Marvel has made for Disney. We get the news that Ben Kingsley is going to be returning to the MCU. His character named Trevor. I mean, Charlie, he's just, it's, it's a weird ass dude. Trevor, Trevor's a weird ass character. Uh, he appeared in Shang-Chi. He was the pseudo villain in Iron Man 3. And this feels gimmicky, but you know, it's been a fun comic relief, I guess now on multiple projects. He'll be returning in the show, uh, I believe Wonder Man. I believe it's a I believe it's a show. Don't know much about the character, don't know much about the show, but his appearance kinda is telling that there's gonna be jokes made, there, you know, it's gonna be lighthearted. Uh, certainly won't be expecting anything too, too serious from the project if Ben Kingsley's Trevor does appear. We'll now get into sports where Jake Paul has his next opponent. Sports. Jake Paul is set to take on Anderson Silva. Anderson the Spider Silva. The fight is uh, supposedly going to be taking place on October 29th. This is a huge leap in competition for Jake Paul. You can hate the guy all you want. I I don't really care. Uh, Jake Paul is Jake Paul. He's just a media figure to me. But you fight Anderson Silva in a boxing match, you're a bad dude. And really, just for him to step into a ring with Tyron Woodley, let alone knock out Tyron Woodley, is pretty ridiculous in itself. This will be the first time that Jake Paul is going to be an underdog. Anderson Silva's MMA resume is second to none, but his boxing resume ain't too bad either. He was supposed to fight Hall of Famer boxer Roy Jones Jr. back in the day, but the fight never really panned out. Since then, he has boxed against former UFC champion Tito Ortiz, who he knocked out in the first round, which was kind of a shit show. But then also, he fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. just last year, beat him in a split decision, Charlie, it was only four or five years ago, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. was fighting Canelo Alvarez. So the the degrees of separation between Jake Paul and legitimate world-class boxing, it's getting closer and closer. And this isn't the leap, but the degrees of separation have certainly narrowed. And, and this, this is going to be entertaining. I, I'm tuning in. Like, I don't know if I like Jake Paul. I don't know if I hate Jake Paul, but I will certainly be tuning in. Our other story in sports... Aaron Judge hits home run number 50. This week, Aaron Judge hit home run number 50 during his road series against the Angels. He's been a monster this year, Charlie. It's it's pretty ridiculous. This is a contract year for Aaron Judge. He denied a seven-year, or excuse me, I think it was an eight-year, including this season, but the Yankees had offered him on opening day $230 million for this year and the next seven years to follow. With the season that Aaron Judge is having, I would not be surprised at all if this guy ends up with like 350, 375, 400, 425. He rolled the dice. He said, no, no, no. I think I'm worth more money. I'm going to prove it to you this year. And he is doing so. This is like the fastest we've ever seen to 50 home runs. 
I don't know who the AL MVP should be. Aaron Judge has been ridiculous this season, but what Shohei Otani is doing is unprecedented as well. I went to the Angels-Yankee game last night. The energy amongst these two is just special. I'm really, really, it's it's a blast to watch. I don't know who's more deserving. Aaron Judge hitting all these home runs. Otani himself has 29 dingers, hitting 270 with 80 RBIs at the plate. Oh, by the way, he also has the most Ks per nine innings of any starting pitcher, I believe, in the MLB this year. He has a 267 ERA as a starting pitcher. It's, it's insane. I don't know who the choice is for this. Uh, I won't be mad at either one. I, they both are doing truly unprecedented things, and, and it's special to watch. Charlie, we can now get into our final story over in NFTs and in style. Charlie, you're going to have to break this thing down for me a little bit because I'm not sure I truly understand it. What is going on with this, like, digital fashion collection with Nike? Yeah, so as you all know, I feel like the mechanics of NFT stuff have kind of fallen off on being so good as I was following. I was uh, covering and following NFTs a lot more last year for this story. I can talk more about more abstractly what it means and also a bit about the mechanics. But also, if you want to hear more, we have a very detailed story on 137pm.com about it. But so Artifact, which uh, RTFKT, if you don't know, one of the biggest players in NFTs and even before NFTs, one of the biggest players in sort of AR augmented reality sneakers and other cool just sort of aesthetic uh, AR vibes before then. Um, they're also the first brand in NFTs I ever covered um, last year, I believe in March of last year. Um, but so Artifact has launched a fully digital fashion collection with Nike and Takashi Murakami. Artifact has had a myriad of NFT projects over the years uh, or over the year and a half. And now this is the latest step in their trajectory, which is utilizing their forging mechanic, which they've used a lot. So they've created 10 token gated, token gated meaning you only have access to them if you have a previous Artifact NFT, which there are a couple of projects, CloneX among others. But if you have one, um, you have access to potentially minting one of these fashion collections, allowing people to unlock NFT wearables, uh, which are wearables that you can wear in digital digital worlds and metaverses. But then also the other cool thing is you have the opportunity to forge physical items, hoodies, jackets, t-shirts, sneakers. And so they're working with Nike on these physical items. Um, and then also Murakami helped with the design as well. So the CloneX forging allows CloneX holders, their collection, um, to unlock full looks for the avatars, for the, the digital avatars themselves, but then also you can get physical components as well. This is their first fully digital collection, digital meaning physical and digital. Toby Evans, the visual design director, said, with this first CloneX forging collection, we created bold, high-end streetwear brands for our collectors to form tribes for both digital and physical use and to stand out and connect with each other. Um, and then Zaptio, one of the other co-founders or one of the co-founders of Artifact said, CloneX forging is a major step towards our vision for the future of fashion from tiered token gated access to digital and physical wearables embedded with upgradable NFC technology, merging both digital and physical worlds. If you're not familiar with NFC technology, it's a kind of chip that they can include in physical items to sort of uh, to demonstrate on the blockchain ownership over a physical item. Minting for these collections is going to be open from the 31st of August through the 7th of September. And then again, just from like a more abstract perspective about what this means, I think for me personally, as somebody who's been a little bit less involved in NFTs over the past six months, um, I think that a lot of the hype of last year of like PFP projects, stuff like that, I'm curious to see how much that returns after this bear market. But I think the projects like this and Artifact demonstrate what will sort of stand the test of time, which is these elements of using NFT smart, track, smart contract technology for its utility. And by utility, I'm not talking about when people bought stuff last year and there was something tied to it called utility, like an item that you got or something like that. I'm talking about 
the utility of smart contract technology, meaning that it's a way to document ownership or purchasing of anything. And I've talked to a lot of brands over the past few months about the way that you can use it in fashion, where there's aspects like this, where you buy something um, and it's documented on the blockchain and you get a digital collectible in addition to a physical collectible. But then there's also brands who are even doing stuff like you buy something on the blockchain and you just receive the physical item. It's just another way to purchase something physically. Um, and it's just a more traceable and like you can keep an eye on it better because it's on the blockchain. So I think we will see more and more people using smart contract technology as just an example of an innovative kind of contract and an innovative kind of way to purchase things as opposed to it always being tied to something digital. Um, but I, I feel like Artifact, they're, they're, they're ahead of the curve always. So I'm excited to see this project come to fruition and, and, and keep following them. I'm not familiar with NFC technology that much, Charlie. What What is it still non-fungible uh I have to look up, no, uh, uh, no. So NFC stands for near field communication. My understanding of what an NFC chip is from previous conversations I've had with people is that it's a chip that people will embed in physical items that they want to document ownership of on the blockchain. Um, so uh. the idea is that you put the chip in for this, like the sneakers, which some of them are these Nike Air Force Ones that are like totally fucking sick and customized with all these cool colors. Um, and also go to 137pm.com if you want to see all the pictures because we did a really great article on it. But so the idea is then there would be an NFC chip in that sneaker, which then is linked to the blockchain and demonstrates that you own that physical item in addition to the digital item, which is represented digitally through the blockchain already. That's how people are using NFC chips right now. So the NFC chip, and maybe I'm completely misunderstanding this, but the way I'm following is like um, it's a letter of authenticity almost with blockchain technology for physical products yeah because the blockchain essentially is can be a letter of authenticity for things it's where you prove ownership but then the the physical thing that actually like links mm -hmm. or communicates with the way that that is incorporated into the blockchain would be the nfc chip is what you include in the physical item that's awesome charlie thank you so much for explaining that i appreciate it because i could i would not have done well with that charlie no, you're good. And I try my best with it. And if you have any specific questions about the mechanics or actual things, I would go to the website. Um, our writer, Erica Lee, did a great job with it. And there's much more detail on there. Very, very cool. And speaking of the website, I did do a full reaction to Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva, um, which is also on the website and would love for you all to check out. So uh, thank you, Charlie. And that'll do it for today's episode of 7.31 a.m. For more details on these stories and more, let's head to 137pm.com. Follow 137pm on all socials, TikTok, IG, Twitter, you know what it is. Go to the Discord. That's where you chat. Be part of the family. We'll be back tomorrow. As always, remember, stay curious. Stay curious.